Hello, America. It's Eric Erickson here. I hope you're doing well. The third hour of the program out of Corolla coming up at the bottom of the hour. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I saw this story. I guess it, it came out on Saturday. Even while gone, I continue to do show prep. And this this story it, it's kind of flabbergasted to me, flabbergasted. I I've just I knew we would get there, and here we are. Let me read you the headline and the subtitle. In Minneapolis schools, white families are asked to help do the integrating. And the subtitle. In a citywide overhaul, a beloved black high school was rezoned to include white students from a richer neighborhood. It's been hard for everyone. When Mari Fresselbin learned that Minneapolis was rolling out a new school integration plan and that the school she led, a predominantly black, low-income high school, would soon include white students from some of the wealthiest neighborhoods in town, she looked around and proudly considered all that her school had to offer. The hallways at North Community High are a tapestry of blue and white, the school colors, and the mascot, a polar bear, seems to roar around every corner. The curriculum has been updated to expand access to advanced placement courses, U.S. history, physics, art, and design. The school has a new athletic field, and on the first floor, a radio studio. But in some phone conversations with potential new families, Ms. Frisselbin, the principal, sensed deep skepticism. Parents peppered her with questions. Exactly how many AP courses did her school offer? Was Spanish the only language option? Would their children be safe walking from the bus? Some even wondered how she had gotten their number and asked her not to call again. Ms. Fresselbin, a mixed-race woman who identifies as black. Just read that real, Just let, let's just meditate on that. Ms. Fresselman, a mixed-race woman who identifies as black. I thought race wasn't supposed to matter, except it matters greatly here. Knew her school had its challenges, including a history of struggling enrollment and low test scores. But she was working hard to serve the needs of her students and had little interest in adjusting her focus to woo white families. At times, she said, it was demeaning and humiliating. Minneapolis, among the most segregated school districts in the country, with one of the widest racial academic gaps, is in the midst of a sweeping plan to overhaul and integrate its schools. And unlike previous desegregation efforts, which typically required children of color to travel to white schools, Minneapolis officials are asked asking white families to help do the integrating, a newer approach being embraced by a small group of urban districts around the country. Everyone wants equity as long as it doesn't inconvenience them, said Eric Moore, Senior Officer for Accountability Research and Equity for Minneapolis Public Schools, where about a third of students, some 10,000 children of different races, were assigned to new schools this year. The changes, including redrawing school zones, including for North, the plan is saying everyone is going to be equally inconvenienced because we need to collectively address the underachievement of our students of color. Research shows 
that de facto school segregation is one major reason that America's education system is so unequal and that racially and socially economically diverse schools can benefit all students. <sighs> you know what? I, I got I got thoughts here. I, I do. I don't think we should be using our children as experiments in desegregation or segregation. I think we should be trying to give our children the best education possible. And I think that when you look at a school that is failing and conclude, well, all the kids are failing because it doesn't have enough white kids in it or it's not racially diverse enough, you're doing it wrong. To say that black kids can't succeed unless enough white kids come along is to lie. It is to manipulate and it is to demean the black kids. To say that we should prioritize desegregation over education is to use the school system as a tool for social progress, not as a tool to give each kid the best education they have and then let them go off into the world educated. Now, I am not a defender of segregation. Some people on the left would say that I am. I'm not. Brown versus board was a good thing. The problem was that there's no such thing as separate but equal. The Plessy decision was noxious to the very idea that there could be separate and equal, particularly given the racial history in this country. But what happened is we broke apart neighborhood schools and we started busing kids across county lines or across counties from one side to the other, sometimes an hour-long bus ride to get them to a school to placate our social mores that integration was necessary. And over time, what's happened? We've resegregated ourselves. Minneapolis is one of the most segregated school systems in the country. Last I checked on the map, it was not part of the Confederacy. How did that happen? It happened because White people live among white people, black people among black people, Hispanic people among Hispanic people. And why can't we give them schools where their kids don't have to commute across town? Where their kids can get to school and have an environment where they are surrounded by the kids of their own neighborhood who they associate with, play with, and do homework with. Why do our kids have to be a social experiment? You know, I, I have friends who want to send their kids to public school because they want their kids to be missionaries for Jesus. They want their children to glorify God and to share the gospel and to reflect Christ to their public school friends. And that's all fine and dandy, but I just think my kids aren't ready yet to get out into the world and be ministers for Jesus and 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 be witnesses for Christ in that way. I, I want them to be surrounded by people who share their values because more often than not, uh, culture corrupts the Christian instead of the Christian cleaning the culture. And in the same way, in the secular affairs of the world, 
when we decide to value the racial characteristics of a school over the quality of the education that the kids are getting in the school, we have changed the process and purposes of schools to do something that the adults themselves can't do to try to force on the kids something the adults never did. Today, this is back to the New York Times, two in five black and Latino students in the United States attend schools where more than 90% of students are children of color, while one in five white students goes to a school where more than 90% of students look like them, according to the Century Foundation, a progressive think tank. If there is anywhere white families might embrace an integration plan, a likely candidate would be Minneapolis which became the epicenter of the nation's reckoning with racism after George Floyd's murder last year. The city is 60% white and a bastion of liberalism, with a voting population that supported President Biden by 80 percentage points or more in some areas. In majority white neighborhoods where homes can sell for $500,000 to a $1 million, lawn signs proclaim Black Lives Matter and all are welcome here. But an up-close look at one school, North High, and the cross-section of families who traverse the new attendance zones shows the complicated realities of school integration, even in a city with the political willpower to make it happen. For students, parents, and educators, the push to integrate was not just a policy decision, but a deeply personal one. What would white families do when forced to wrestle with their own progressive values? Would the plan bring positive changes for black families at North High, or as some feared, would they lose claim over the school that they loved? What does the promise of school integration look like today? Well, it turns out it's complicated, and it also turns out that a lot of families, they really just want their kid to have the best education. And while they can proclaim progressive values all day long and, and claim their tolerance and their, their colored blindedness and all lives matter and black lives matter, they just want their kids to be able to read, write, and do arithmetic. And you know what happens those who can will send their kids to private school. Now, I'm in the South, and this gets complicated in the South, because around the time that the Supreme Court ruled in Brown versus Board of Education that schools had to desegregate, they also ruled that you couldn't have prayer in school. And a lot of willfully malicious members of the media who are secular progressives claim that a lot of the private schools in the South are there because of segregation. And in fact, there are a great many private schools in the South that came about because of the prayer and school decision, not the segregation decision. But no one wants to distinguish between the two. Yes, there are schools in the South and around the country that were set up as private schools to avoid having to deal with the segregation and desegregation issue. But there were also a lot of schools in the South and around the country that were set up because the Supreme Court said you had to get the Bible and Jesus and prayer out of schools. So a lot of parents and churches started private schools that catered towards Christians. You don't get that nuanced coverage. And now, anytime a white parent decides, you know what, I don't want my child to be subject to the experimentation of progressivism, I'm going to send them to a private school, they get accused of being racist when they don't care about race one way or the other. They just want to make sure their kid gets the best education. And when your school is so focused on desegregation and not focused on actually educating the kids, well, they think they got to go elsewhere. And we continue to vilify parents. And you know what the problem here is? It also impacts 
non-white kids. We are told that having desegregated schools is good for everybody. Okay. But you know what? One of the issues as well is that black kids should not have to be bused all over town to go to a school and help integrate it. Why can't they stay in their neighborhood and have a neighborhood school? The white kids can overwhelmingly afford to go to private school. Oftentimes, it's the black kids, given income rates, can't. Now, a Republican should be able to step in here like Jeb Bush did in Florida and say, you know what, you should be able to go to any school you want that you can get to. It'd be great. Allow them to do it. But it doesn't always happen that way. And so I got to just ask the question, and, and it is just me asking a question. What do we prioritize? Making sure our kids can read, write, do math so they can get a good job and be a productive member of the workforce? Or desegregation? Because if you don't want to do desegregation, and that's fine, kids of different races need to experience kids of different races. They need to live. We're all Americans. We're all in it together. But if we value integration over actually teaching, I think we've gotten it wrong. We should teach kids and let them integrate together. You know, whether I'm hanging out with with white friends or black friends or hanging out together, we tend to treat each other equally. It is, for some reason, the academics and the hardcore activists who care deeply about race. Nobody else really does anymore in this country. Black, white, nobody really cares about it. We just want to work. We want to be left alone. We want our kids to succeed in life. It is the academics and the progressive activists and, frankly, the alt-right activists who care deeply about racial issues in this country. The rest of us, we just want to live our life and move on. And now, of course, if we don't care the way they care, we're the bad guys. No, we just want our kids to learn and get educated and not have to be indoctrinated. Everybody kind of misses that in the big conversation that we just want our kids to get a good education. And if it's a neighborhood school where our kids aren't hungry, traveling halfway across the county to get an education, that's probably the best place for them. And if that school isn't racially diverse enough for the wokes, well, so be it, as long as they can get a good education. Y'all, I love my X-Chair. I, honest to goodness, I so I wasn't sure about X-Chair because let's just be honest. Sometimes you hear podcast endorsement ads, you see something on the internet, you're just like, I don't know, maybe it's not that good. And I had a Herman Miller chair. Well, I had, keyword had, I gave it away. The X chair, it is the most comfortable ergonomic chair I've ever used. Honestly, it's probably the coolest looking piece of furniture I own as well. What makes it great? Well, it's got patented dynamic variable lumbar support. You can also add the LMX technology with four massage options and the ability to warm or cool your back. I'm telling you, this thing is fantastic. I use it in my office. I sit so long doing talk radio, having the massager on, you can't even hear it on the radio. That's how quiet it is, and it works. It's the perfect time to purchase an X-Chair. Why? Because now it's the only time it goes on sale all year long. That's right. Only on Cyber Monday weekend does the X-Chair go on sale. You deserve an X-Chair. You're going to kick yourself if you miss this deal. Save up to $500 on X-Chair, four days only. 
Black Friday through Cyber Monday. Go to xchaireric.com now. That's the letter X, chair, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, dot com. Xchair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase as little as $25 a month. Go to xchaireric.com and save up to $500. That's xchaireric.com. Remember, it's E-R-I-C-K. Hello there, Adam Carolla is going to join me at the bottom of the hour. Yes, the comedian, Adam Carolla, has got a new project with the Daily Wire. We're going to talk to him about it. Right now, I want to talk to Jerry. He's been waiting patiently. Jerry, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric, doing well. Thank you. Hey, I got a question slash um, observation regarding the Omicron variant name for the new um, COVID-19 um, variant. Um, and I was curious. I heard it. And I was like, man, I wonder what the next letter is in the Greek alphabet. I went and looked, and it was going to be new. Not like N-E-W, but, but pronounced new, and I'm like, that's going to be confusing. They keep saying new variant. But the one after that, it, it, it's pronounced um, Psi, but it's spelled X-I. And isn't the Chinese premier's uh, still his name, Xi Jinping, start with X-I? Yeah, um, oh, okay, guys, so those... Do you, you think they're smart enough? Do you think they were smart enough to see that and quickly get off the alphabet naming? Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so we had the, the mu variant, uh, and we've met, we have gone after we're going to avoid the new variant and the psi variant and then go with omicron the next one will be pi and then rho and yes uh the the world health organization has already come out and said that uh they don't want to stigmatize a region well the only region where this would be a stigma is china and the only reason it would be a stigma in china is because of their the chai dictator so yeah they're they're totally bypassing it for that reason uh now the the new one makes it so the the greek alphabet after mu comes new, and it is spelled in you, but it's pronounced new. And so we don't want to, have to talk about the new variant because that would get very confusing. This Omicron is the new variant. Uh, the Delta was the new variant. So it'll be Omicron, Pi, Rho, Sigma, Tau, Upsilon, Phi, Chi, Psi, and then Omega. And when we get to Omega, we get the apocalypse. Maybe, hopefully. Come, sweet Lord Jesus, there was a report that there is an asteroid the size of the Washington Monument that is going to sail past Earth. It's going to be on the other side of the moon, unfortunately. Uh, has no chance of hitting the planet, but some media outlets made it out to be a very big deal. And unfortunately, I'm just rather disappointed we don't get sweet meteor of death uh, coming to save us from ourselves. Nope. It's going to sail on past. Uh, one day we will get the second coming, but today is not that day. Uh, today is the day we're dealing with Omicron. Uh, the president has told everyone to wear a mask, but don't freak out. The president himself chose not to wear a mask. In fact, there was a sighting of him over uh, the Thanksgiving weekend at a place that had a sign up that said wear a mask, and the president was not wearing a mask. I just think go get vaccinated. The vaccines don't stop you from getting infected, but tend to stop you from getting hospitalized, very sick, or dying. In fact, the people who get vaccinated overwhelmingly are the ones not dying. But there's just no reason to freak out about it. There, there's genuinely not a reason for us to be upset, concerned, or mortified, horrified, or fearful of another variant of this virus. So what? Let's say it bypasses uh, the vaccine. The others, the Delta variant, bypass it for a lot of people as well. But uh, they still wind up not being as sick or dying. And that's a good thing. If you need to get the booster, get the booster. I got the booster. Some of you don't want to get the booster. That's fine. I get the flu shot every year. Some of you don't. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, we, we can live our lives fine. If, if you get sick, that's fine. My, my daughter texted me earlier. 
a bunch of her kids, uh, a bunch of her kids. Uh, she doesn't have kids. She, she's in school, in high school, and a bunch of the kids at school are getting the flu. They're coming back from the holiday, or they're not coming back from the holidays because they're all home with the flu. She got the flu shot. I'm not that worried about her. Um, the people who didn't, they may get the flu. They may not. Who knows? Just, you know, wash your hands, cover your mouth, do the common sense school things for everything, but don't live by fear. Just be reasonable. When we come back, Adam Carolla is going to join me. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Joining me by phone is the comedian. Adam Carolla has a new project with The Daily Wire. Uh, Adam, thanks very much for being with me. How are you? I'm well, thanks for having me. So let's, uh, before we dive into the Daily Wire project, let, let me just talk to you about comedy in general these days and, and the late night shows. I, I know your views on cancel culture and it just, it seems like we've got this partisan divide that's poisoning even so much comedy now. You can't tune into one of the standard late night shows you used to. Uh, if you're on the right, because you're just going to be insulted for the next hour. And I mean, where, where do we turn for laughs these days? <laughs> well, I mean, you could watch uh, reruns of the office, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't know. Look at the late night show. If you're on the right side of the aisle, look at it as a roast. And there just happened to be roasting you. So, that'll make it more palatable because it's always an honor to be the subject of a roast. Yeah, I guess so. The, the, the equal opportunity comedy of, of old, I mean, take, take, for example, I grew up uh, watching, I mean, when I was, a, when I was really young, it was Johnny Carson and then Jay Leno. And it, there was always equal opportunity offense. And so much of it highlighted by the mainstream media now seems to go in, in one direction. And I'm perfectly fine to laugh at myself. I'm middle-aged, super white, fat guy. There's lots to laugh at there. But there just doesn't seem to be a lot of people on the other side who have humor these days. Well, I mean, everything has been sort of politicized and weaponized. So COVID, schools, you know, vax, humor, like it's it's all... It's really more of a indictment of our society that has politicized everything, you know. And so how long before comedy gets under that umbrella? You know, it used to kind of roam freely and do its own thing and equal opportunity offenders and all that kind of stuff. But now there's a tent and comedy and comedians have been drawn into the tent and this is the it's the new world order it's every facet of our society has been politicized so comedy is a pretty big facet of our particular society and it got it got drawn in now ben shapiro at the daily wire he's just he's built this massive project they've moved it to nashville and now they're they're launching it's not just no longer a website where you read stuff you got podcasts you've got radio outlets and now you've got a video outlet as well and in your truth yeller you were joined with uh by jay leno on the first episode so it, how did this come about um i was at their campus in nashville doing 
uh, probably Candace Owens' show or maybe Ben's show or maybe both, uh, doing my show over there. Maybe I was interviewing Candace, and we just kind of walked by the big man's office, and uh, I was with a guy who is basically, for all intents and purposes, my manager, and he said, uh, you know, we got stuff to sell, and it's not selling to Netflix in Hollywood, uh, but maybe the Daily Wire might be interested in it. So we just kind of walked into the office and sort of said, hey, you guys want to start doing some comedy? And their ears perked up, and next thing you know, here we are. <laughs> so so we, you go to the Daily Wire, and you can get it. It seems like you can get everything at the Daily Wire. I just, I'm kind of impressed with, with the Daily Wire's launch out into into video and, and streaming and uh, you and, and everything else they're doing, the movies that they're doing. I, I, I never saw that coming from Ben, and I guess I should have. You never underestimate Ben Shapiro. Uh, and, and suddenly here we are with this. You've got Jay Leno with you as well. First of all, I mean, how is Jay Leno? Because I, I, I kind of miss seeing him on TV. I used to stay up every night and watch him. My parents would get mad at me for staying up and watching him every night. Jay's a friend, and Jay's sharp as a tack, man. I mean, he hit the stage on our special, filmed in front of 500-plus people at a big club, and it, it was like a marlin that had been released into the open sea. I mean, as soon as he walked out on that stage, it was Jay Leno, the guy who's done 10,000 hours of stand-up comedy just going right into full effect. So he's doing good. He's funny. I mean, the only problem with having a guest like Jay Leno is, is literally keeping up with him once you put the mic in his hand and he gets up on that stage. Now, I got to ask you, because I've never had the opportunity to interview a comedian before. What what goes into being a comedian to come up with jokes? Because, I mean, I watch your stand-up or, or Dave Chappelle or... Uh, Jay Leno, and it, you're deeply funny. You've got relevant current commentary. There's always a, a great punchline there. I, what, what goes into developing that? Yeah, I think it's. I think the process is different for different people. I don't sit down and write. I think a lot of comedians sort of sit down and write. I sort of travel through life and write. I see commercials. I see billboards. I see people. I have experiences and interactions and I just go, Oh, that's funny. Oh, I didn't think of that, you know, or this has spurred some sort of thought, you know? So for me, I don't get up in the morning and write. I don't walk off stage and write. I do it in a slightly different way, which is I kind of experience and then I write. Do you have like boundaries of things where you, you personally think they're funny, but you're like, I better not go out and say that. No, I, I don't. I, 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 I really don't. I'm sort of like a kid in high school with a chip on his shoulder, which is if I think I'm scared, I tend to fight. You know, if I go, uh -huh. Oh man, that guy scares me. I go, Oh, I don't want to, walk the other way. I want to put my dupes up. So sometimes I think of something and I go, uh oh, and then I think, oh, if you thought, uh oh, that now you have to say it. <laughs> See, this is what gets me in trouble of, on radio with no script. Yeah, They're like, oh, don't say that. 
it's a kind of comedy Tourette's, I guess. But I guess that's what makes it entertaining, like, like uh, the unpredictability of what you might say compared to you, you know, going in uh, to, to certain people that they've got a they've got a certain. I guess stunt that they do, they've got a certain angle that they take, and and then there's a guy like you who actually is fairly unpredictable in what you, you never know what you're going to get, but it's always going to be insightful and funny. Yeah, well, you, you know, you hope the outcome is always insightful and funny. That's that's always the goal. I have a pretty high batting average. You know, being a comedian is kind of being a prognosticator and a soothsayer. You're kind of thinking. Is this going to be funny? And if you are funny, then you'll have a high batting average of essentially putting yourself into the future. So when you get up on stage, you go, I'm going to try this joke. I've never tried this joke before. If you have a high batting average, it means you can almost push yourself into the future and hear the reaction before you get the reaction. So it's really just it's no different than you telling a story at the dinner table in front of a, a group that has come over to your home you know it's a sort of do i know this is how how this is going to end before i begin it and the guys that are the best at it have the highest batting average oh, that's an interesting way to think about it okay before i let you go let, let's circle back to the actual program truth yeller with the Daily Wire, um, is this how, what's the setup going to be for this? Some something weekly or or monthly or how are y'all doing the episodes? We're doing six episodes right now total. Uh, the Jay Leno one dropped on Friday. Uh, Rob Riggle drops today, and we're going to do two more in a couple of weeks. And it takes a couple of weeks to turn them around. So, you know, figure every month or so we'll drop two more episodes. Well, that'll be nice. Give us something to watch. I just, I, I'm, at some point, Daily Wire is going to have to redesign their website to, to <laughs> contemplate all the things they're doing. I, I'm waiting for the ebooks that just to magically pop up as well in addition to everything else. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm glad they're doing this and I'm glad you're doing this. Uh, I am looking forward to checking it out. I haven't seen the first episode yet, but I know I'm going to. They sent me a link where I can see it, so I'm definitely going to watch it. And I know I'll laugh because I appreciate your brand of humor and Jay's as well. I'm just glad that, uh, one, Daily Wire is doing this, but two, as well, that you're out there doing something like this, that these, these odd new formats. Like, I, I know for a while you held the Guinness Book of World Records for the most downloaded podcast, and you've never been shy about embracing new media out there, so... Uh, that this is one more step forward in that regard, I suppose. I suppose, you know, it's a it's the wild, wild west of uh, entertainment. And uh, we'll have to figure out whether we're all going to cash in or we're part of the Donner Party and we're going to get trapped <laughs> on a mountain. Will the bubble burst, maybe? Yeah. If we're the Donner Party, man, they'll come for me first because I'm the fat one. <laughs> Listen, Adam, thank you so much for stopping by. I, I appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to this. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the special. Thank you. Adam Carolla, if you go to dailywire.com, you will see up at the top, uh, you'll see a little watch bar. Uh, you'll see a read, a watch, a discuss, a shop. Uh, and if you click on watch the Daily Wire, you will be able to check out Adam Carolla's uh, special. It's called Truth Yeller. Like he said, two episodes a month. The first one, him and Jay Leno, and more coming, another one dropping today.
Which is kind of a cool thing to do. Uh, and again, I appreciate that Daily Wire is embracing conservative culture and embracing uh, this kind of angle on bringing in people like Adam Carolla, who's not a not necessarily a political guy. Like, for example, he and Jimmy Kimmel are friends. But uh, Kimmel has decidedly taken very partisan stance uh, on his late night TV. And it's just, it's disappointing. I used to love David Letterman. And in fact, I would actually watch Letterman oftentimes more than Leno uh, as, as things went on with the top 10 list and all. And then Letterman at some point started becoming even more political. And I, I jumped back to Leno, who was always kind of a class act um, until um, Conan O'Brien decided to take over the slot. But nonetheless, we won't go there. I just get disappointed that our society has become so hyper-partisan these days there are very few comedians that both sides can find in common. And I don't think it's healthy for a United States of America to have each side become so tribal and so divided in their media and outlets that we can't no longer have really common idiomatic expressions and a common tongue in the country. There's a story in The Guardian, for example, uh, that Doug Wilson, Doug Wilson is a pastor at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho. And his son has a cultural outlet writings. He's got a Netflix series and, and other things that cater towards uh, Christians. And The Guardian, the, the English or British left-wing newspaper, is deeply upset. People follow the money. It's Christian propaganda as if, why can't we? Why should Christians not be allowed to have their own outlets, their own media, uh, their own movies that they like. Now, my view of stuff is that, frankly, when Christians do it, it tends to be garbage. And they, they we've ghettoized ourselves, but part of that is because the left is so culturally dominant, they forced us to do it. But if you can get a guy like Adam Carolla, who is a mainstream, highly regarded comedian, and he's doing something like this on The Daily Wire, it over time improves everybody's quality and raises the game for everybody, raises the stakes for everybody, and makes it somewhere where a conservative can go, find conservative media, and think this doesn't really even have the appearance of being second grade. It's top-notch, high-quality stuff with high-quality people. I like that. I wish we had more of that. Now, I wish I had more of the Eden Pure Gin 40 heaters to sell you, but y'all bought them all. Uh, so I got to tell you, uh, it's a great device, but also, you know what's good? the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the air purifier, and you can get the three-pack right now in time for the holiday season. They've got these in stock. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com, you click on my name, Eric Erickson, and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. Now, you get three of these, one for the upstairs, one for the downstairs. They get rid of the mold, the mildew, the bacteria. They get rid of the odors. That's really the important thing. And right now for Christmas, you can save $200 on the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. You'll get three units for under $200. It's a great gift because, you know, you can use them all yourself. Or you can buy the three-pack and give one to each of three people. And you're thoughtful to all of them. And you clean the air with a special Christmas offer. You get the three of them for under $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. And you use the discount code ERIC and the number three, ERIC3 at checkout to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3 and your shipping will be free. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. We still got so much more I wanted to talk about, including Disney. If you go to Hong Kong, you can see Disney shows. 
but Disney is now censoring the Simpsons in Hong Kong. Uh, there was an episode of The Simpsons. Uh, you know, The Simpsons were a Fox product and now owned by Disney. And it uh, showed Tiananmen Square and a plaque that said, uh, on this date, nothing happened or some such. Uh, Tiananmen, uh, Tiananmen Square. On this site in 1989, nothing happened. It was a Tiananmen Square joke. And they have bowed to the Chinese censors and they have deleted this episode of the Simpsons, which is unfortunate. Uh, the 2005 episode featured the Simpsons family. This is from Hollywood reporter visiting Beijing where they dropped by the landmark, finding a placard that reads on the site, nothing happened. Uh, and it's gone now because they don't want to offend the Chinese. This is like the world health organization deciding they themselves don't want to offend the Chinese, you're, you're kind of getting the view that, well, there's a new dominant power on the planet. If everyone gets their way here in the elite circles of the world, at some point, at some point, we all need to recognize that this doesn't end well for any of us the longer American corporations humor the Chinese. They see China as a way to make a ton of money, but China also makes money through them steals their intellectual property, and as a result, is able to increasingly spread their influence throughout the Eastern Hemisphere and into the Western Hemisphere. Now, there was a report over the weekend that Uganda's airport is going to be taken over the Chinese because they defaulted on debt. Uh, the Ugandans have come out and flat out denied that report, but other people are saying, actually, it's true. They just don't want the people to know. Uh, in the Solomon Islands, uh, there is actually open uh, riots in the street because the prime minister of the Solomon Islands wants to solidify ties to China. And the people are deeply, deeply opposed to integration with the Chinese uh, communists. And Australia looks like they're going to try to send some police there to help quell the riots. They should do no such thing. We need to continue to take a firm stand against China. The Biden administration, unfortunately, does not seem capable or willing of doing what needs to be done there, which is further disruption of China. We need to be hiring hackers in the United States to hack the Chinese like they did us. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if the Chinese have hacked so far into our military that they know all of the secret tools and technologies that you and I don't know about. But when you have Nike and Apple and Disney and the NBA and so many more kowtowing to China, things in badly for us. Uh, LeBron James is an apologist for the Chinese dictator. He will not stand up to them for freedom. Uh, neither will Apple, neither will Disney. Uh, there's a lot of silence from other corporations as well because there's care to the Chinese. At some point, you got to decide, are you with the West or are you with China? It's not just about the United States. It's about Western values, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, all of that denied in China. You got to take a stand at some point, folks. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, 
First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 